Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boy, Zaheer, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> Welcome to, to Marsha's Play. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. the conversation hashtag marsha's plate oh instagram facebook and twitter we want to hear what you guys have to say you can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash marsha's plate by contributing to this podcast you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time so let's get started hey what's up y'all how are y'all doing so I got some wonderful guests here and we got, um, you know, like a hot button topic that we're going to talk about. So I have Brianna Jenkins and I have Rebecca Walton. Right. Yes. Yes. I was, I, I was yes. like, I'm hoping you're right. <laughs> um, so Brianna, introduce yourself. Um, I'm Brianna Jenkins. Um, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I'm the founder and former executive director of the Baltimore Transgender Alliance. I currently live in Chicago, Illinois. I've been living there since 2016. I'm a, a law student at DePaul University College of Law. And I finish in December of this year, and I plan to uh, do civil rights, specifically police misconduct and employment discrimination um, litigation. Wow, trans lawyer, we need that. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rebecca, tell us about you. So, I'm Rebecca Walton. I'm just a regular schmegular girl from the Bronx. Yeah, Bronx. How you say your... (laughs) So, what? How you say your... Your... <laughs> so anyway, um, I moved to New York in the year 2000, mm-hmm. been there since, um, for a majority of the time I've been working in sex work. Okay. Um, it wasn't until about eight years ago that I got a quote unquote, a legitimate job, <laughs> but you know, right. once in a while I still whirl, mm-hmm. but as it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so Brianna, have you ever worked in sex work? We can't talk about that. On okay. <laughs> Why not? Okay. <laughs> so I have in the past worked in sex work, um, and um, I felt like this group of girls would be able to be honest and candid about the conversation, mm-hmm. and um, especially you going to get this law degree, I felt like you would be perfect as well. And especially all the work that you did in Baltimore. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? I feel like you, you know, you you have intimate knowledge of the girls. And recently I, um, 
watched a video about um, legalizing prostitution. There was some really problematic conversation that was happening. And then some was really great conversation that um, were being had. So I wanted to add the trans spin on it and we're all trans women and so um mm-hmm. we know that there are trans men in um sex work as well mm-hmm. um but i just didn't have one available <laughs> to be able to talk about it and a lot of trans men because they're a man there's there's some shame yes around mm-hmm. working in se- sex work so talking about it is kind of hard for them yeah um mm-hmm. because it they almost feel like it invalidates their manhood, their manhood mm-hmm. and, and people will judge them. Da 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 da. And welcome to our world. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, so it's hard for them to have open conversations about it. So I couldn't find one that was willing to talk. I talked. I offered. I asked people. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they were like, mm, ah, mm, so we got the trans girls, and I think it's still going to be a great conversation. Mm-hmm. So the first point that I kind of want to talk about. Tell me if this statement is true or not. Legalizing prostitution would greatly reduce sex trafficking. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because if you legalize it, it wouldn't push it into an underground economy, mm-hmm. which which then breeds the trafficking, the violence, mm-hmm. uh, the murders that happen now because it is so, it is criminalized and it's so pushed onto the black market. If people were able to do it legally, now in the open, it would take some of the stigma away mm-hmm. and it would give the sex workers um, more rights and more um, control. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think, you know, a lot of people do hide and also under-report violations and crimes and attacks and so on and so forth because of the illegality of the trade. Mm -hmm. But I think once you remove the illegality, then people might be more apt to come forward. Hi, I was raped. I I was being pimped by X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. This happened. I was kidnapped and forced into this. Right. So on and so forth. Because, you know, a lot of... The people that are conducting the sex trafficking right. use illegality as a means to control the people. The actions. That are, right. Yeah. And then if I'm coming to an officer, and let's, let's quiet as a kept, these fucking officers are fucking rapists as well. Yeah. Yes. And you come and talk to them about mm-hmm. what's going on. And because it's illegal and they have that power to arrest you because you're mm-hmm. admitting to something illegal, mm-hmm. they can also have that power to use that um, to use that power to be able to, to give you get give them free sex. And mm-hmm. um, and then you and arrest you after, and, and arrest yeah. you after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're being re traumatized and. And it just it's just a cycle of I can't get out of this. But if it was legal, like you said, they would be able to come forward and say, hey, this is what's happening. Um, And I think also even more so than legalizing it, it needs to sort of there needs to be a campaign within society to legitimize it Mm -hmm. as well as an actual job. job, Employed. That's right. You know, because that's another piece of it, because you can legalize whatever you want, but still, ultimately, society right. is going to look yeah. at it as, oh, that's not a real job. That's Exactly. Whatever. And I think one of the things is working with sex workers instead of against them will lead to more like slaves and sex trafficked people being rescued. I remember yeah. um, um, in Germany, there's a statistic that I um, it it already has helped them. There are a lot of prohibitionists 
who claim that legalizing it will increase human trafficking in, con- in the country, but the data doesn't really support that. So I, I really think that comes on the side of people who there there are like the people that feel like sex work is not a free will that you have to be trafficked into it, and all of those people that are trafficked into it that they have to be saved. And unfortunately, even with uh, sex trafficking organizations, the, the the structure of it is led by people that don't believe that you have the, the, the autonomy over your body to make right. this decision to engage in sex work. And see, one of the th- key things to stopping sex trafficking is opening up the communications of the girls in it. If you're not opening up that communication, they can't expose the sex traffickers. Mm-hmm. You There's no trail because it's sometimes a trail can lead... Um, lead to something great but sometimes if somebody is silenced or feel like oh my god I can't get out of this or I don't have the support to get out of it then it's not going to happen I think the reason why they have the point that you made in regards to um, making it seem like um, the only you're the, only, you're only step in it because you have yeah. to do it is because they're they're not thinking that somebody has a consent over their body and is doing it from free will. And I think sometimes we peddle the victimhood, which is, which is totally um, we peddle the victimhood in order to get sympathy from people. Like it's people out here that are sex trafficking that don't want to be in it, and da 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 da. And sometimes this is the only thing that they can do to survive. And we peddle that kind of narrative. Not yeah. that it's not a that it's not an honest narrative. But we peddle it to get their sympathy, and it erases the people who say, I want to do this work because I like it. Yeah, I'm not in it because I have to do it. I'm doing it because I want to do it. And, and if we legitimize it, it allows people who are wanting to do it consensually, and I, want, I like having sex. I like that I have the, I have the ability to do this really well. I mm-hmm. enjoy it, and I, I might want to be a dominatrix as my profession, yeah. and this is what I want to do consentingly and I have the agency over it this is what I want to do but I think we sometimes justly and sometimes sometimes inappropriately peddle the survivor narrative or I have to do this or I'm forced into this yeah too much to where it doesn't give the people who are literally consenting and want to do it room to say I want to do this to piggyback off of that when I went to sex work you see my circumstances when I went into the work um, my situation was a little different than a lot of the other girls that went into it that sort mm-hmm. of were in a position where they quote unquote had to. I made a conscious decision to do this. Like when I came to New York City, I'd already, you know, had most of a degree. I'd finished high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I had this advantage. You know, I could have done a million other things. Mm-hmm. But... I felt so. First of all, I enjoyed having sex. Let right. me be honest. W- most of us do. Uh, so <laughs> you know nothing how, wrong with that. You know, how they, wrong with you know how they say, you know, if you do what you love, it never, never feels work like work. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, when I got to New York City, yes, I could have gotten a quote unquote legitimate job. I could have also done any number of illegal things. I could have been mopping. I could have been selling drugs, whatever. I sat there and I said, you know what? I enjoy having sex. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sell sex. So Mm -hmm. that's a career move that I decided to make. Um, And when it was no longer for me anymore, I sort of got out of it. But like I said, you know, I do have a regular or two that I keep 
in constant rotation. You know, I might not see them as much as I used to, mm-hmm. but you know, two three times a year they'll come through, and I make a little something. It's a little extra pocket money for me. Exactly, but, and that's your choice. Yeah, I'm and like it, that too. Like I have a regular that I've been having for like ten years, mm-hmm. and why wouldn't I take that money? Even mm-hmm. when I have a quote unquote legitimate job, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you got four or five hundred dollars for me, then, <laughs> or two hundred yes. or three hundred, whenever you you mm-hmm. you're trying to give me. Why wouldn't I take it? And I've been yep. dealing with you for so long. Why would I just stop unless I just I don't know. I I. I'm going to do it. Sometimes you just fall into the coin. Yeah, you just fall into the coin. <laughs> yeah. um, like, literally, I sit there and I have no... And he always hits me up when I have nothing better to do and I have to pay, like, the cable bill. Or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sitting there wondering how the fuck am I going to pay this cable bill? And next thing you know, my phone goes ding, ding, ding. Hey, it's been a while. What's up? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'll see you at 8 o'clock tonight. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. Tell me this. Do you feel like... um? allowing women to put a price on their bodies and or or put up using their body as a commodity undermines the respect that we want for men to not objectify us no why don't i feel like men should men should come to the table anyway bringing their best foot forward so Mm -hmm. why so why Mm -hmm. so why so why is a woman that wants to that has a price. Why is that? Why is that undermining her womanhood? In, mm-hmm. in fact, to me, it's or human, her whole humanity. Humanity. Itself. Why yeah. is it under? In fact, it's affirming her humanity because if you have a guy come to the plate and he already knows what's up, he's mm-hmm. gonna come to the he's gonna come to the plate and step up to the plate. So she's not wasting her time. I feel like if the foundation of your um, respect for a woman is whether or not you have access to her body for free or not free, you're doing the respect thing wrong anyway. (laughs) But I think this is just patriarchal power being undermined and and gutted when you give women agency over their body. There is a long history of the legal system um, making women property and giving them no legal rights or agency over what they can do and what they can't do. You know, and when I when I think about that, I think about coverture. So coverture was like a common law, like legal doctrine that a married woman, it started back in England, um, hardly had any legal 
existence apart from her husband. Once you got married, her rights and obligation were under like his. Um, she couldn't own property. She couldn't enter any kind of contracts. She couldn't even earn a salary. But this didn't really fit into real life because these motherfucking niggas would die. You married to these motherfuckers and they croak over. Something happens. So if I ain't got no legal rights, what the fuck do I do? So a change started to happen where women could own property. You know, women could control real property and participate in contracts and lawsuits and even inherit independently her husband's property once he died um they could work for a salary they can write wills when the change started to happen it really wasn't about um, women's liberation it was more about family integrity and protecting a household from economic crisis rather than um you know rather than letting once like the husband died rather than letting the family just fall to ruin um, they started to allow the women of the family to keep the household out of re- out of the respect for the men. You know, it really wasn't about liberating um, them <laughs> in society. So that wasn't about respect of the women's bodies or their agency or their humanity. That was about respect of the man's legacy. Prior to these these changes happening, women were already property. They were already, especially particularly in the uh, in America, after slavery ended, and there were you no longer could own slaves to um, do the land. And if you weren't a person who had the means to manipulate sharecroppers into working your land in that whole fucking fucked up system, you had your wife and your children to work your land for you. So. They were property. They didn't have any rights to do anything with the land. And you they were the one who did it. It was the mom, the the mom who was taking care of the household stuff and helping the husband do the crops. <coughs> and then if you had um, a bunch of children, they could help you do the crops, too. So the family unit individuals were the one who were kind of taking up what the slaves used to do they would they would tend to the fields they would especially poor folks who couldn't hire helping hands white and black women because slaves were indoctrinated into this biblical sense of what marriage is into this legal sense of what marriage is and how it's supposed to work you know they took them a wife and had children so they their sons and their kids can do the land so actually they had no rights and they were they became the slaves. So <laughs> to me, that's what I feel. And I feel like they, um, you know, they were already property and didn't get the respect and agency that they deserve as property, <laughs> as a commodity, as something that can be um, exploited um, and used for um a man's or husband's gain. They still were property and there still was no respect. It's that time again. Pot and lie. Why don't you come to pot and lie? NYC. Pot and lie. Why don't you come to pot and lie? Pot and Why don't you come to pot and lie? NYC. Pot and Why don't you come to pot and lie? Baby, there's no need to tell you. As far as I can clearly recall, Queen and Jay has been here for you. And you don't have to worry, it's free. Pot of Live NYC. 
and it's on year number three, baby. Don't you look no more like love without a limit. <laughs> Come on out to New York City at the Von Bar 3, Bleaker Street, to this year's Pot and Live celebration thrown by the one and only with Queen and Jay, two womanist race nerds that just want to create a space of black love where we can party and have some motherfucking good time. We might sip some tea. We might dismantle some white supremacy. <laughs> Bars, yeah. So come through. It's going to be May 11th at 4 p.m. So Saturday afternoon. You ain't got shit to do that's going to be better than this. See you there. Love you, babe. Love you, baby. Loving you. And being a sex worker doesn't always have to be this demeaning thing. You can right. come at it from a sense of authority, from a sense of power. Exactly. You know, embrace agency. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I mean, it's your sexuality. Right. It is your sexuality. And I think if you feel empowered by sexuality, mm-hmm. then there should be no problem with that. And you're not giving up any agency at all. If I don't want you to touch me, I don't care how much you paid me. You're not <laughs> no. going to touch me wherever, however. No, and I've had to do that with some of my clients, especially in the past. You know, they might want me to do certain things or touch me certain places that I'm just not down with it. Right. And, you know, I had to let them know, you know, whether that made them a repeat customer or not. It didn't matter to me. Right. And really, it's just a a shaming tactic for men who see that you have power and see that you have confidence for them to try to chip away at it to get you down to their level. So then Mm -hmm. they feel like it's you know free game for them to get you because they're what what makes you feel like you can charge this or what makes you feel like you can have these standards you Mm -hmm. need to get rid of these standards pussy should be free yeah ass should be free yeah so really it's a Mm -hmm. it's them projecting their insecurities onto you so you can become insecure mm -hmm. so then y'all can match up exactly Mm -hmm. how how am i supposed to respect you when you fucking all these men or you got a price for your pussy it's supposed to be price how can i respect you if you can't afford the price (laughs) (laughs) amen like let's be for real and it goes beyond sex work just in relationship you 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 being on my level and then you just trying to chop me down and chop me down and and make me feel some type of way because I have standards for how I conduct business with my body and you're just not able to meet the standards. Right. And they still want it too. They still want it. They just mm-hmm. want you to, you know, whatever. They just want you it know, to be free. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Your price or do it under their terms. Right. Um, or if I pay you this, I need you to do the sun, the moon, and the stars. Yeah. <laughs> if I pay you this, no. this baby... Mm, let me, no. I ain't even say that. But no. yeah, y'all know our We don't folk. have to be grounded today. <laughs> y'all know our this folks. This is a healing space. Like, <laughs> y'all know our folks. Our folks will come in with $40 and think you supposed to do back fix cartwheels oh and do God. a triple double axle on they oh dick. Oh my God. I, <laughs> for that little $40. <laughs> I tell you, like, I was famous for this in New York City. You could ask all the New York City girls because everybody's <laughs> seen my ads back in the day. I was $100, $20, uh, $20 minutes 
Um, I had my 20 minute special. My 20 minute special did not involve you getting comfortable. If your pants came off of your ankles, the session was over and you had to go. It's very unzip. I do what I have to do and you get the fuck out. Well, bam, thank you, ma'am. Get out. You don't lay down in the bed. You don't get comfortable. You don't do anything. I literally turned my 20 minute dates in my living room, sitting on my favorite couch. No, you know what? You know what really turns it? I see you got an hour rate, but do you do half hours? Oh, what about 15 minutes? No, 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 they asked me because remember I had my $100 20-minute special. <laughs> oh, I just need five minutes. How much? No, it's $100. It's $100. For any, you, to come through the door. Whether you use it 20 minutes or not. And then sometimes also I had another little stunt that I pulled where, yes, you give me $100, but you know I have to pay a $40 facility fee that you have to give me because my friend's letting me use her room. So... You know, yes. I gotta give her a little something too. You know, sometimes you have to hit them off with a little something extra. That's special. the hustle. Mm-hmm. What about like when it comes to assaults and STDs? Do you feel like um, legalizing prostitution would um, raise STDs um, or assault or mm-hmm. anything like that? It already happens anyway. Sex. I don't, sexual assault, STIs, you mm-hmm. name it, already happens anyway. I mean, the two of the three times that I've been sexually assaulted was during a sex work sort of situation. And that did not help anything, to the, the, you know. So I don't see how legalizing it would make it happen even more. If anything, prostitution, sex work being illegal increases the risks of STIs and sexual assaults. Right. So what I, cause I don't know. Um, I don't claim to be an authority, but from what I remember, so there's like three different schools around like sex, sex work or sex decriminalization. So it's, we, we live in a criminalization, a society that criminalizes sex work, a society, society that decriminalizes sex work. And then a society that, regulates sex work Mm -hmm. so i would imagine that assaults will go down in a society where sex work is either decriminalized or regulated because again going back to that conversation around police it kind of reorients the sex workers relationship with the police where Mm -hmm. the police does because you're not doing something illegal the police don't have this um, power to take advantage of you and to mm-hmm. um, exacerbate situations, which would d- um, discourage sex workers from calling the police in these situations. But it also, if you if if you don't if you have that kind of police, um, I hate I want to abolish the police, but um, if you have a situation where sex workers are not being pushed out on the street. Um, um, or left to the whims of pimps, or left to the um, to dangerous Johns without access to the police, without access to some type of help. When you are putting them in the, them in situations where they have to be forced in the black market, sometimes this John doesn't want to use a condom, and I don't, and I want, and I want to use a condom, but because I'm in this black market and they know I can't call the police, they might rape me and force me to have sex without a condom i paid you this 300 dollars. i didn't come here to have no regular ass sex i came to have raw sex mm-hmm. and that's what i want if i'm paying you this amount of money and if i say no 
and he's already here and my pimp is somewhere I have to get this money from this nigga or my pimp is going to beat my ass. I, it forced me in a situation where I have to make these these bad decisions that can put me at even more risk of this disease. Mm-hmm. But if I had something, some type of regulation or some type of decriminalization, I would be able to make these choices and have a little bit of protection, a little bit of protection to make yeah, better it, decisions. Yeah, so, so I think... I was saying with the assault, like under like a decriminalization or regulation regulation regime, regime that would be better because your relationship with the police would be different. But as mm-hmm. far as STDs, that's kind of I think under like a a regulation regime mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would be more the STD thing could be better because like if it's under regulation, it's under government control, and then the government, which could also be problematic, they can set the standards, they can set the rules, they can um, test people, which in and of itself can be problematic because there are positive people that engage in sex work, and and I feel like they shouldn't be banned from engaging in sex work. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's a caveat to all of this, but... To me, that's just where you know where I see based off of those different um, pockets, right? Those different regimes, and if, and bringing it indoors, it it just gives them more, it gives them more safety and more freedom to perform their terms of um, their terms of sex in a more legal and um, in a more legal environment. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what's basically what you're saying. E- e- yeah, well, with the regulations, with yeah, with the regulations, because decriminalization, there's no like government. Into, right, you just do it and you won't get arrested. For arrested, it. yeah. But even that, it could be a yeah. help because then if something does happen, I can actually go say I was raised. And also, the government this. can't regulate who gets to engage in sex work and who exactly. does not get to engage in exactly. sex work. Um. Speaking of the government, we know that's kind of problematic when they get involved. Yes. <laughs> yes it is. So, um, and the, probably the only people that would benefit would be like blonde white women. If they got. <laughs> I mean, let's, real tea. Let's be honest. Real talk. Yeah. Um, skinny blonde white women. It, it's a double-edged sword. It could pretty much help as much as it hurts, as well. Like with the regulation, it would serve to better legitimize sex work mm-hmm. in the eyes of the general public I and mean, mm-hmm. people you know a little bit more respectful of the people that do it but yet again you know there's different issues like you mentioned like with people that are positive right you know they shouldn't automatically be excluded i think really if there is some sort of government regulation it should be in, informed behind the current scientific data that we have about things, right? Because that could that could bring in some stigma if you have uh, if you're positive, the government can say, "Oh, you can't do sex work," yeah, because you're positive, and adding more stigma to a person with that's positive when there could be people who are also positive that might want to have sex, yeah, sex mm-hmm. with this person and pay for it, and and, and it, okay. it happens now, it's it happens now, yeah, but, but also at the same time too. Now we know people that are undetectable can't right. transmit. Exactly. So I think the laws should be informed behind that bit of information. Right, definitely. That's a, well. whole <laughs> a whole different part of the conversation. Yeah. Exactly. You know, like I said, I am in favor of some government, some government in- involvement with the sex trade, especially mm-hmm. to help not only regulate but legitimize. I'm all about you know, legitimizing it because, you know, like I said, 
you can legalize whatever you want to legalize. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the hearts and minds of the people, it's not going to help you a whole lot. Look at like the transgender anti-discrimination laws that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all on the books and everything like that. But ultimately, it's all about the you know the people and how they practice it, right? And what they do. Let me give so, you a little statistic. In Nevada, um, legal brothels collected around fifty million dollars a year and paid significant amount of taxes in the rural counties. And because you know Vegas, it is still it's it's illegal, but the counties around Vegas, it's um, legal. Yeah, it's not it's not Vegas. Um, so in these particular counties. It was tons of tax revenues that got money. The government got money from them. Yeah. <laughs> locally and, and, and just from their operation. So that just gives you an idea of how much money that can be made from the government. Um, I think that's kind of interesting. And I don't know. That's really exploitive to me. And especially for other people around the country to be going to jail and y'all making bi- millions of dollars of tax revenue from it. And we it's can and we can weird. look to see who all you know the structures and the system and who that exactly. system benefits benefits exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll just leave it there because <laughs> we know yes. <laughs> How do you think that it will affect trans women specifically if it became legal? Mm. This is that's a, that's an interesting question. Well, I kind of think I I kind of think you have to factor in the whole situation that happened after Backpage and Craigslist was shut mm-hmm. down because and I'm interested in like Sesta and like doing research around that situation, but just from observing. Tell us what Sesta is for people who are new to listening and new to this. So from so so from what I know, and you know, I'm no expert, but yeah, from what I know, Sesta was a bill um, that was signed into law by Trump. Um, basically, um, Craigslist and Backpage um, took down their personals or their ad section, um, because um, which sex work sex workers use to prostitute. And basically, the bill um, makes Backpage and Craigslist liable for any um, any crimes or anything anything that happens as a result for, of people finding sex workers on that um, website and them ultimately getting harmed. Right. Um, prior to that, Craigslist and Backpage could not be liable, but since this um, law passed, it made them as third parties liable, and as a result, Craigslist and Backpage just got Shut rid down. of yeah, got rid of it altogether to right. avoid liability. But we saw we sex workers as a whole community saw the fallout from that, and specifically, um, gay and um, transgender people saw saw the fallout from from that because a lot of people were instantly not able to work um people were instantly people that were on tour or or things Mm -hmm. like that they were stranded because it it got um shut down but from what i've seen and let's explain it let's explain it a little bit more so a part of the game a part of the game of prostitution people travel so in the middle of traveling they take they spend their money Mm -hmm. to get a hotel yeah pay for advertisement 
and they're in a city that they don't live in in order to make a profit from the money that they're investing in hotels and advertisement. Mm -hmm. But what happens if you, in the middle of this situation, they were in a city trying to make advertising, trying to make money, I mean, trying to make profit, and their advertisement is shut down. Mm-hmm. So now they've invested sometimes all they got. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes all they got and their advertisement, their way to get the profit that they invested is totally shut down. So here we are. I'm in Vegas or not Vegas, but let's say anywhere. I'm mm-hmm. somewhere where I don't live. And now I've invested my money to make this coin back and I cannot. So now I'm straight in the city that I don't live and I got to get back home. Mm-hmm. So now where do I got to go? I'm probably going to go to the street. Which is much more dangerous than yeah, online. Absolutely. Right. Much, much, much more dangerous online. Or and another thing that happened, that's that's affected that that affected the individual. But what also happens, these these um human trafficking people, they now they have to go another route and force the girls on the host row. Now they have to go another route and you can't find them where police could actually do stings and actually find people and save them because mm-hmm. they would have advertisements up and it would lead them to actual arrest. Absolutely. Now they're going even further underground. But the mm-hmm. but when they were passing the law, the whole thing is, well, we're doing this um, because of uh, sex trafficking of children. Like mm-hmm. It'll just eliminate it, which, which kind of didn't make any sense because now it's going to put... It's not going to stop. It's just going to push it further, further underground where you can't yeah. find. Where now there could be some hope because you got this fucking picture up and somebody could see their daughter or see somebody that looks exactly. too young and be and report it and you can, or you do a sting mm-hmm. and find them. But now you don't have a way to do it. Now they're somewhere else, forcing them in the hostel, forcing them in the massage parlors, forcing mm-hmm. them in these kind of situations. So. It doesn't really help. It doesn't no, really help. And I don't know. Definitely doesn't help us. Now, but from, so that's the one side of the conversation. But from what I've seen on the other side of, of girls that were able to weather it, I've seen some girls, they were able to hold like a regular job for like the first time in their lives. So I, I say that to say, if, if Craigslist and Backpage were to come back, would they even, would they even want to go back to that lifestyle? Because only only because only because like to be to have that mentality, you have to have a certain type of mentality to be there or you get sometimes you get disillusioned mm-hmm. by the money or you get warped. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once you break that and you're able to work a regular nine to five, even though even though it's the money is slower, it, it kind of changes your mindset. So mm-hmm. I wonder if people that were able to get out of that and were able to acclimate to like the regular mainstream life, if that option w- was open, would they want to go back? Mm-hmm. Not saying that they, they, they would. It's just something that I think about. Because I've seen so many girls like this is the I've never had a job like or I've never had to integrate myself into mainstream society and i never would have done this had Backpage and craigslist not shut down yeah but then there's also the girls who that could be a girl who passes and she was scared that maybe she wasn't able to sure. go past but what about the girl who doesn't pass who didn't even take the chance to go to another job and went to the whole straw or yeah. they get in a position and they're fired because they're in a state yeah. that doesn't have the protection to protect trans folks um you know, it's so many things that can happen, but I, I definitely get 
how um, it actually can have some positive effects on people who think they might be stuck in this and they're really not. And I'm I'm also interested um, in studying the um, and doing and hopefully once I start um, practicing studying the impact between the passage of SESTA and the rise in employment discrimination claims against trans mm. people and then trying to create like create creative ways to like bring to bring those claims or to like br- bring some new legislation because I'm pretty sure there has been an influx of trans people into the workforce and just because they work doesn't mean that you'll ever not have to deal with transphobia because it happens all the time but trying to come up with a, come up with new ways to like this horrible thing happened but how can we use this to create new legislations or create to create data so we can come up with new ways so whether you want to do sex work or whether you want to have a regular job and don't have to worry about being fired or people doing shady shit and using that as pretext you know i'm interested in seeing that as well too exactly i feel like um what do y'all what do y'all think about the morality Piece in the situation. In, in the situation, so a lot of people who are fighting against um, legalizing it, they have this mora- morality thing that they kind of throw up. Well, this is just wrong. This is against God. This is a. Mm. This is. Um, this will lead. To, look at all these Instagram models um, t- trying to, and they're having these influence on these young girls to go into this lifestyle because it's just quick money and it's really just not right. It's taking something that's in the depth and dark of the um, community and bring it to the light like this is normal. This respectable women don't do this. This is immoral, blah, 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 blah. Can you talk about that? Whose morality? Boom. Because, you know, we all have <laughs> That's different morals. Like, truth be told, I'm an atheist. So God said, God said, don't mean anything to me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm still going to suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you don't like it, you don't have to watch. <laughs> you don't have to get your dick sucked if you don't mm-hmm. want to participate. You know, but I mean, at the end of the day, you know, even with the morality and these rules and these laws and so on and so forth, this shit still fucking happens. Absolutely. I mean, I sold my ass for like 18 years <laughs> and I didn't once care about morality or the law or whether it's right and or wrong. And you're here today now. Right. I'm still here and I'll still suck a dick tonight if I need to. If I, and I'll amen. suck three tomorrow right. if I so chose. Whatever. So what what do you think? Is it what do you think? Is it I, to me? I just think is I think it's a bullshit because the people that the women that say that if if you I feel like if you had if you were in that position and I'm talking from the 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 sphere of free will if you had that body or you had if you had the look to do it hell if I once I get my um, Brazilian butt lift and all that mm-hmm. hell I might want to you know use my because it's <laughs> You know, it's my it's my choice to do that, and then I feel like the guys that do it again, it's you you set it up like this, but then you're coming in the back door to try to utilize this, like to to try to keep it underground and to try to shame it, so then you can c- come in on the back end right. and utilize. It. So the, this whole mor- this whole morality argument, like it does it it does nothing for me. I think, and also I think I wish there was a study to um study how much more the female female and um feminine side not necessarily the um not necessarily a female but 
female and just the feminine side of sex work is overly policed as as uh, compared to the male side because i know my gay children who are escorts that are male gay men they don't have to worry about getting busted by the police as they sometimes do but as much as the girls do like you mm-hmm. don't see hear about stings that hit the boys like as much as you yeah. hear about sting they hit the yeah girls. i just yeah usually for gay men or just queer culture i feel like the attitude toward sex mm-hmm. and sexual habits are different right as opposed to like straight cis head what you know this is how you're supposed to um behave and you, right. you're supposed to fall in line and then if you don't do that we can either shame you through morality or we can use the police as an arm to police what you should be doing right. to, to fall in line so let me go ahead like with men that have sex with men they're not really as beholden to the sexism and misogyny that sort of governs the sex work of female identified or female appearing people um you know men do what they're gonna do they've been doing it forever you know, it's sort of in a way just like they don't prosecute Johns as much as they No, no, they always go after the um, once in a while they do though, and one sometimes. time I got one time I got a front row seat to it and it was hilarious. <laughs> sometimes um, but with gay men in a way it's almost romanticized or at least it's more socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, like I have gay male friends that are very open mm-hmm. about you know, having sex in exchange for money or even older gay male friends of mine that are very mm-hmm. open about the fact that they pay for the company of younger gentlemen. Right. Um, and it just is what it is. There isn't such a shame behind it. So you know how when we talk about legalizing uh, marijuana, Mm -hmm. The conversation comes up about going back and expunging previous of convicted people. Mm -hmm. And even it goes so far sometimes to to stop them from being criminalized by it and stop them from having it on their record. But it also sometimes go as far as to the conversation go as far as to say that they should get some kind of compensation sometimes like not reparations but something like that where to help them get back on their feet and get proclamated to society acclimated to society Mm -hmm. in a way to help them because it shouldn't have been criminalized and we know this is bullshit and so do you Mm -hmm. think in this particular case that people who have been who have prostitution charges on the records if it does get legalized what do you think should happen do you do you first of all what do you think should happen do you think that that they should um get some type of record erased um and some type of reparation to put them in a in a in another um in another path and do you think it'll be the do 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 you think the social conversations would be the same that they're having with weed because males have been locked up more for it as opposed to prostitution because females have been locked up more for it do you think the same conversation conversation will even be had no <laughs> in, a, in, no. A per, in a perfect world i would like to see like previous because like it's you can you can even see it in our community when you have certain type of convictions on your just how it holds you back mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. when you factor in the the sexism and the, um, shame. And the shame 
Mm-hmm. Will, will people be moved to like make this a priority? I don't know. I, I won't say never because we don't know. You know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But it's it's going to be a hard. It's going to be a hard road. Um, should they get reparations? Um, why not? Why like not? I, but I, like I said, in a perfect world, that would happen. I don't. I can't say what that is going to look like now. But the only the only slippery slippery slope that I see with prostitution is if you're dealing with somebody that also has some type of like sex crime charge or they're like on a sex offender registry mm-hmm. or some states. I know some states prosecute. Um, or charge prostitution differently, so they mm-hmm. charge. So if you get a conviction, it it counts as a sex. You get registered as a sex offender. Oh, even just do prostitution. Ooh. Yes. Oh, damn. Hey. So I looked up the states, and those states are Oregon, Kansas, Michigan, West Virginia, Tennessee, and Alabama. So like, I didn't notice that. What, yeah, do you so know what state specifically? I, I don't know what state specifically, but I know certain states do gotcha. stuff differently. And I I clearly remember one state that if you were charged with prostitution, that also counts as a um, damn. I didn't know a that. sex offense, and specifically to target the trans community. So then, gotcha. because when you have that type of thing yeah. on your record, you can't live certain places, you can't work. So mm-hmm. just. I would like to see it, but I would like to actually one have people that are impacted by that at the table making yes. making those decisions and like really being a part of that process. Right. I, d- I definitely feel like the conversation will not be the same. No. I think because um, the men are the ones that have been really, really heavily impacted. Not that they're the only ones, but trying to be a- impacted by the prison industrial complex that. They just like when we talk about um, police brutality, we know that women are being affected by it, but yeah. because it's just predominantly men, how we talk about it and how we want to care for them and and do what do what's right by them, I don't think the same care is going to be applied when we're oh, talking then. about the victims of the. The prison industrial complex when it comes to prostitution. No, because men will feel like something is being taken away from them. Exactly. As far as you know, power. Because when you when you have some, you're dealing with somebody that has a conviction, mm-hmm. and you know they're fearful of like um, being becoming a, a, a um, being a recidivist or being reoffending. You can use you can especially if you're a police officer engaging in the, this type of like activity. Right. You can use that against them. Exactly. Yeah. It would come eventually. The the conversation around expunging records and so on and so right. forth. But I think it would be legalized probably years before it got to their conversation. Right. I think ultimately it would happen eventually. Yeah, I don't think they would have as much tenderness or much care. The people like yeah, who I, are in support of we being like, criminalized. I don't think it would be packaged together no. with the legalization bill like it was with marijuana. Right. Mind you, marijuana, you know, could be smoked by somebody's grandmother that's dying of cancer. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? So it tar- tugs at the heartstrings. More, more so than, than the whole morality police thing. She's a loose exactly. woman, dirty, dirty, dirty. dirty, dirty, dirty She's yeah. selling her ass. It's not the same and it's not viewed as the same. Right. You know, marijuana now is pretty much as socially acceptable as having a drink mm. or smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Right. So, sucking 10 dicks in one night, people still could look at you like, mm. The fact that I can put it on tape. I can fuck a motherfucker, get paid to fuck a motherfucker on tape, and you sell it. 
and I and it be legal. Mm-hmm. And because I put got paid and put it on tape to sell it to make a product, it's illegal and okay. But if I have sex with, because it's not the sex, it's the charging. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's the actual money. It's like I, it's legal to have sex. Yeah. But just the fact that I'm charging and I'm not taping it for a product, that's illegal. The hypocrisy of that is kind of weird as fuck to me. Yeah. Like what? What the fuck? Like it just seems really, really strange. And yeah, I just don't think it'll be the same because it's women that are predominantly the victims and men who predominantly are making the rules of whether this is not going to be legal or illegal. It's not going to have the same tenderness. I just mm-hmm. don't think that. I stay strong. <laughs> I don't. Um, well, I, well, I guess the good thing is that since we're here at B Tech, I'm glad we're in a space to like talk about these things and right. be, you know, real about these things with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like if I were to like have this conversation with like cis people, they, you know, it's just they just they just would not understand or right, yeah, so. I th- well, one thing I have to say, and I was surprised at this. Okay, so the shutdown of Backpage and Craigslist happened about, I want to say, a year and a half ago or so. Mm-hmm. By the time it was all said and done with, you know, our our people tend to be very crafty, and when they want to get something accomplished, they find a way. Uh-huh. Why hasn't somebody created an app for that? Uh, like a like a like grinder grinder for sex workers. Yeah. Like I'm out looking to have sex with a cisgender woman, let's say it could be you. who's within five miles of me. Okay, how about her? Why hasn't somebody done that yet? It could be you. It could be me. But <laughs> well, we need resources. But no, because then it but, but then Sesta kinda ex, kinda makes you liable. Yeah. Because, but yeah. prior but, to that. But people are crafty. Like now, there are websites to advertise your services yeah. right now, but they're based outside of the country yeah. where they're not beholden to right. the laws the of this country. Yeah. Right. So, you know, so they find there's always a loophole or something to get around it. So out there, somebody figure out a way <laughs> to do it. All right. I mean, I would if I knew how to make an app. <laughs> I can barely type an email. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, somebody, uh, uh, there's a lot of smart people out there. Let's so, wear it out. Help would, the girls out. I, yep. I would love that to be, like, out of the street and boop, boop, beep, beep. Yeah. So-and-so wants to meet with you. You know, like I said, I've done sex work before. I still occasionally dibble, uh, dib and dab a little bit. And who knows? My situation might change. And sex work might be my primary primary source of income. Right. Again, who knows? I'm not above it. I'm mm-hmm. not like one of these people that, oh, I used to do that, but oh my God, I would never, I never. Right. If I need money and I need to suck a dick to get the money, I'm, I'm sucking the it. dick and that's that. So, and I'm recently unemployed, so baby, mm-hmm. honey, where's the ass? Where's the apps? Where's the ass going to be? <laughs> <laughs> so... Thank y'all for doing this for me. You're I so really welcome. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I knew this was going to be amazing because I just respect your mind. I respect Thank your you. mind. And I just feel like um, I just knew you guys were going to wear it out. And I love it. <laughs> All right. This is a lovely conversation. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. And yeah. it was a pleasure to be it was here nice. with you. Yes. Yes. I'm <laughs> glad we got to share space. All right. Thank y'all for listening to the show. Bye. 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 Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes, 
and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, (laughs) y'all. Every little thing's going to be all right.